If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 543. It's May 10th, 2022. We've got plenty of fun stuff to talk about this week. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Miranda Sanchez. Hi, Miranda. Hi. Hi, hello. Stella Chung, how are you? I'm good. I have a little uh, kitty in my lap, so. (laughs) (laughs) The show gets better. This is why everybody needs to watch on video, because the pets make appearances. This happens. Uh, Miranda's cat might wander through frame at some point. Yeah. Uh, My dog has has taken to not wanting to be in the room when I record. I think she doesn't like when the window shade goes down, because she just likes to look out the window. So she just says, I'm out of here. I'm going to go someplace where there's a window. But uh, And... We are welcoming back an old friend. It has been far too long. I'm so thrilled you're here again now. Khalif Adams from Spawn on Me. Uh, welcome, my friend. Hello, friends. How are you all doing? I hope you're all doing well. I missed you all. It's been too long, uh, but excited to be rocking with you all again and, and getting it in. So excited to be here. Yeah. Yes. And I welcome see uh, you've got your slick studio space behind you. That mm-hmm. I, I know you've... It's. You haven't been on in like nine months when I went back and looked, which is just like an embarrassingly <laughs> long time. So I apologize for that. You've, you, I think you redid that studio in the last, in that time, I think. Like, it looks great back there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is what happens when you have a, a, a refund check that comes back from the government and you, and you want to spend it. Uh, <laughs> you're like, yes, I did everything right with my allowances. Uh, but uh, yeah, with the studio is built out now. We've got it all looking looking pretty good. We're building Studio A here and then Studio B is going to be in, a, in another part of the basement. Uh, and yeah, trying to trying to make it make it happen in a real way and get this looking profesh, as the young kids say. <laughs> and, and for anybody that may have missed your previous appearances or it just has been a while, remind everybody uh, about Spawn on Me and your mission because it's it's just such an important podcast. It's it's just so wonderful, and I'm so glad to help you know spread the word on it. So do uh, let me hand the floor to you here for a second before we start talking Xbox news. 
Well, well, again, thank you for the kind words. We've been uh, doing the show for now over nine years uh, in the video game space. Uh, we just celebrated our ninth year back in uh, January of this year. Uh, you know, I call ourselves the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the video game industry uh, as the foundation of the work that I do uh, with Spawn on Me. And, you know, we, we, we like to touch upon all the things that a lot of folks don't want to talk about. So there is, though, and there are no taboos when you come to our show. Uh, and yeah, we've been rocking and rolling for a long period of time, expanding into other avenues. I've been doing a lot of hosting. Uh, I'm hosting things in uh, around football now. I'm doing those kinds of things. And we just launched our first ever, uh, and I think the only version of a POC-centered uh, award show in the Spawnies that we did that that Stella was a part of as well. So, you know, again, thank you to Stella for, for rocking and being on there. And yeah, it was a huge success. A lot of folks dug it, and now we're trying to expand it for, for next year. So yeah, lots of things in the works. And Spawn on Me is on YouTube, on all the major podcast feeds, yes? All the major podcast feeds, you can check us out. Usually on Wednesday evenings, we do the live show on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. We're also replaying that show on our YouTube channel uh, to kind of garner and, and build our audience there as well. So lots of good things in, in the works with Spawn on Me. And, and again, thank you so much for, for letting me rock. Appreciate oh, of course. It. Now, uh, before we get rolling, one last thing, Ka, and that is how are you going to somehow burn, somehow roast Paris Lily in your ongoing, never-ending feud over who is the better or worse cook? How you know? Have you thought through that as part of your appearance today? Well, first of all, I want to say Paris is a terrible cook. Second of all, I want to say that I'm wishing nothing but the worst on his stream deck. I'm, I have like a little mini voodoo doll of a stream deck. I've been poking it here and putting blue blue pictures of blue BSODs around it to make sure it doesn't work anymore. I, I say, if you really want to make it to 2023, don't eat Paris's cooking. It's the thing that you can't do. Don't eat that wow. man's food. There we go. See now, now, see this is this. Harris is going to have to come come back on here to fire back, and it's just my way. See, I'm happy to keep it going because it, it helps keep you guys both coming back on unlocked, which I always love when you're here. Uh, love it. All right, Appreciate let's, it. Uh, let's talk about the week's Xbox news. There's a bunch of fun stories this week, and I want to start with the thing that excited me the most, and also was. Uh, I don't want to say necessarily the most scandalous, but maybe the most whoopsie from uh, from a game company this week, but in a fun way, at least fun for gamers. I don't know how fun it is for EA. The Bioware <laughs> store listed and then quickly deleted a product description of the next Mass Effect game that implies Commander Shepard is returning to the next game. Now, we don't know if that A is true or B, if it would be as the protagonist, the playable protagonist or what. But this was first spotted by Video Games Chronicle, so a tip of the cap to them. Uh, and then the YouTube user, Mr. Holfen, noticed a plot synopsis uh, on the description of a Mass Effect 4 poster, which indicates that Shepard would return. It was quickly removed, but it originally read, The show goes on. Shepard's final quest may have ended the threat of the Reapers, but at great cost, including Earth itself. While Shepard and the survivors are left to pick up the pieces, fans are left wondering, what's next? The mention of Shepard was omitted later as the description was revised to the threat of the Reapers might have been ended, but at great cost, including Earth itself. While the survivors are left to pick up the pieces, fans are left wondering what's next. So uh, let's start here. Number one, Todd, 
do you want Shepard back? I mean, we got three games with whether you played with male Shepard or Fem, uh, Fem Shep. That story was pretty well brought to a close. What What are your thoughts on uh, on continuing a new Mass Effect series with that potentially same old protagonist? Well, well first, I have to do my, my best Rex impersonation and say Shepard uh, and, and do that first because I love Rex. Nice. Um I, no, I don't want any more Shepard. I want Shepard to be dead and continue to be dead <laughs> in, in the ways that we have already known the, the 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 lineage of that story to go and 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 the kind of conclusion that it already had. I think it'll do nothing but rile the hornet's nest of every fan person who is excited about Mass Effect to get back into their feels about. We just did this. Why are we resurrecting everyone across every story, across every game that we've ever played? I would much rather Shepard continue to be, you know, in the in the the space graves that 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 Shepard <laughs> has been in. So Let's do something new. Like, uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like the end of the original Ninja Turtles movie, where you think you know, Shredder's <laughs> gone, and then like a fist comes th through the, the dock. In, well, in Super Shredder could be cool though. If we, I mean, Super Shepherd could be cool <laughs> if we do Super Shepherd. Shepherd. If he get yeah, if he gets the mutagen and uh, he just becomes like super ripped and mean. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't that Mass Effect Two technically? <laughs> True. Uh, uh, Stella, no where are you with this uh, in in terms uh, of uh, this character and and what you want out of a new Mass Effect game? Well, so if they bring Shepard back, then it would be a sort of uh, what is it? We we would know what the canon ending is, right? So I think that might be kind of cool, just knowing which ending is actually canon to the whole story. But at the same time, it's like, it was a trilogy. It was wrapped up pretty nicely. I mean, whether or not you liked the endings or not, um, like it, it was a nice trilogy that and an adventure that people had. I definitely don't mind exploring the world through a different character. Um, I feel like we got a lot of Shepard and I'm okay with maybe someone else finding uh, you know, the, the leftover crewmates or something, or like, I don't know, some, something else might be kind of interesting because we, we got three games of Shepard. I feel like we can get a different story with a different character, maybe have like run-ins with the old crew, which would be kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not leaning towards it either way. Miranda, how about you? It's going to be Shepard. Like, I, it doesn't matter if you want it or not. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, right, like, this is supposed to be the continuation of the Mass Effect story. Like, why would they go on without Shepard? Uh, they already tried that with Andromeda, and people did not like Andromeda for a lot of reasons. Uh, I liked it, but for different reasons that people disliked it. Anyway, um, in this first trailer that we've been having on loop in the video version, you see Liara going, and she finds, like, a piece of the N7 armor, which is Shepard's armor, which very implicitly says to me, I'm looking for Matt, I'm looking for Shepard. Here... Where's she oh, Come on, let's go. Let's get this next adventure rolling. <laughs> um, so I think that's pretty indicative. And like, off of course, with the with the poster leak, it kind of just says, "Well, it's time for Shepard to get the crew back together yeah. again, again, again." <laughs> but <laughs> which is which is fine. Which is like I, I think I think the idea is that they want to continue Mass Effect because obviously it makes them a lot of money. It's a great story, but they have to figure out how to keep this going, and that's that's the crew going to find Shepard. So I'd be interested to see if maybe you play as other characters without Shepard for a little bit and then you bring back Shepard into the fold and they become your primary character again. Um, that could happen. I would just want it to not be too close to other things we've seen. Like I just kind of mentioned with Mass Effect 2, we saw Shepard's revival there. Sorry if you haven't played Mass Effect. Legendary Edition's been out for a while and this game's out for a very long time, so apologies if you're getting spoiled, but <laughs> please just play the game. Um, but it doesn't make sense for them to shy away from Shepard if this is the continuation of the story. And I think that's 
that's fine. Like that's the choice, right? Right. They want us to bring back Mass Effect in classic Mass Effect, not offshoot like Andromeda, because they've decided that that does not work for this universe. So I think they're going to try to play it safe and go back to characters we know and try to like vamp up the story in a different way. I do agree that like it made more sense for the series to end, although I love Mass Effect. I love it so very much. I hope the team gets the te- the time they need to make this like as kick-ass as possible. And that's like one of the reasons I've like kind of championed Andromeda because there's like a lot of really good stories. There's so many great moments, but it's kind of lost in like the very obvious. We're trying to do a lot and probably didn't have a lot of time to make this this all these stories as finessed as like maybe these handful. And and I really hope that they get what they need as far as resources and time to make this the game that they want to, especially with the return of of really loved characters. From the original trilogy so yeah yeah <laughs> I, I have to agree with you in the sense that uh for for the health and and like financial confidence success of this game uh that ea and bioware very much need i, I think it it is going to be shepherd as returning as the playable character i think a more and not that this won't be a creatively fulfilling creatively interesting thing but i think a create Another creatively interesting option that they probably won't take because they want to make sure that as soon as players start this game, you're Shepard and that makes players happy and ever, and gets everybody thinking happy thoughts again about Mass Effect. But I think it would, you touched on this, Miranda, of what if the first like half or more of the game were you're playing as Garrus or Liara and you're searching for Shepard and then you finally find, and then like it, you know, you get a protagonist switch, which of course, you know, we've seen done to great effect in things like Metal Gear Solid and Halo 2. That I think could be, would be a really interesting way to play it. Like what if you could choose to be like Liara or Garrus, like two of the more popular, uh, you know, party members from the original trilogy. That, that would be, that would be fun. I would like to see that. I just want Uh, Salty Shepard. I just want, like, you find Shepard who's, like, older and salty and is, like, takes a long time to get into the, the captain's chair and get out right. of the captain's chair. It's just like, you young kids, you came back to find me. I didn't want to get found. What you, I'm, I'm hanging out in space looking at the universe. What do you want from me? Leave me, leave me be. It's, it, yeah, it's like that Buffy episode where they bring her back and she's just like, no, just, I was, I was fine. I was happy. Leave me alone. <laughs> You're right. Or um, Miranda, like a Gears of War 4 situation. Right, yeah, where you gotta just, you gotta go uh, find and bother the old guys. Leave him, leave, leave Marcus in peace. Let him be with his tomatoes and his sorrow. <laughs> just kidding. There, there's no peace here. Oh, uh, tomatoes and sorrow sounds like a Paris plate. That's also. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, here we go. This sorry. is good. It's getting spicier here on Unlock. S- sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. Do each of you remember? What? I'll start with Ka. Do each of you remember what? ending you chose in Mass Effect 3. God, I, I I don't remember at all at this point. It's been so long. I think I picked the, the ending that everyone got mad about. <laughs> I think that was the, the, the one that I picked, if I remember right. Now, are, you you seem like a paragon to me. Uh, am I correct? Yeah. Or, or you got a little re- renegade mixed in there? I, I tried not to play middle of the road. I, I, I went Paragon just because I was like, you know, I want to I want to feel like my shepherd is doing well in the universe and trying yeah. to be a good a, a good person. But I, I did some some renegade things in my past. I, I, I did. You know, <laughs> I did. Uh, Miranda, how about you? You also I'm, I'm going to guess Paragon. But how about do you remember which ending you chose? 
I do. Yes, I did do Paragon. Um, just quick note, you can always start a new save file and do some of the worst things. Worst <laughs> things possible. Like, I definitely blew up Megaton in my second playthrough and just had a crazy chaos. Anyway, you have to have the second playthrough. That's just what I'm saying for these very polarized options. Um, but for Mass Effect, I did do Paragon and I did Synthesis. So that's when you just kind of like merge everybody and we're like, tech meets biology and we're all happy and weird and green and whatever but that's that's <laughs> what i did <laughs> and stella did you uh where, where, where did you land with with mass effect uh wasn't that like a middle of the road ending sort of like it was the third option i'm There's, pretty sure you could deactivate the reapers you could let the reapers win and destroy everything and like cleanse everything and continue mm -hmm. the cycle or he do synthesis which you merge everything together and the reapers get to continue on and as do people I think that's the one that I did. Again, it's been so long, and I like as soon as I got it, I was like, "Oh, I need to rewatch. I need to watch all the different endings and stuff." So you know, I don't know. It's been a while. I don't know which ending I liked best. I was like, you know what? It's 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 the ending. There's no real like answer, which is fine because that's kind of like real life. There's no real answer to anything, which is fine, especially in a sci-fi universe where things are difficult. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely played more Renegade, but some Paragon options to my crewmates. But more renegade towards everyone else because people suck. So <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're my kind of player, Stella. See, yeah, you got, it's it's you got to look out for number one in these games, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> everybody else, get out of the way. Yeah, I was shoving reporters off of buildings, and, you? You know, punching reporters, and oh shoving God. other people off of the tops of incomplete buildings, oh. and yeah, it's just like and just you know. Just verbally telling people to stay out of my way. Ryan was, was Batman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I will say, like, I do hope that this the new Mass Effect does go back to a more um, sort of defined Paragon and Renegade system because Andromeda tried to make it kind of a more organic, like, I'm not describing this well, but but they they really kind of made it more gray than black and white. Mm. Uh, and I didn't like that. I, I want to be like, give me that meter. Let me show me that I'm <laughs> like as big of a space asshole as I possibly can be. And let's go out there and conquer the galaxy. So that's, that's my vote. Ryan, I have a yeah. very quick question. Please. Were you mean to Conrad Verder? He was the super fan, like the, the shepherd super oh, fan. Yeah, guy. I absolutely would have been. There's no question. No! <laughs> he just loves you so much! <laughs> yeah, I guess I, 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 I committed to the bit over three games. I was like, I'm going to roll this evil. And I've said this before. And the reason I chose to do that is because really very few games have ever allowed, have ever like fully supported with, with actual consequences in, in, in gameplay of supported being evil. You know, Fable did it. Uh, KOTOR did it, which of course was the immediate predecessor to, to Mass Effect. And so I was like, no, I had to see what is this game going to let me do? Like, what? how is this character going to play out? So yeah, I made sure, uh, yeah, I slugged that reporter and I <laughs> I was mean to that super fan. There's no question about it. Man, Ryan just kicking Krogan babies down the streets, eating them down there. Probably like, didn't even allow them to live. Gee, right? Just like uh, synthesize them and then kick them. Like, oh my god, Ryan. Geez. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I don't know. This 
this is a it is a kind of a comical gaffe seemingly made by some poor person at, at Bioware that's probably feeling really bad about it right about now. Uh, but yeah, it does appear that Shepard will return. We know we're back on Unreal Engine. Thank goodness we have left Frostbite behind. And to, to a point you brought up earlier, Miranda, I think it's very, pretty safe to say that Bioware is going to be given ample time for this, that their EA has clearly learned their lesson over a number of very, very painful lessons of Andromeda, of Anthem, and those are just Bioware games, not to mention some, you know, other things like the what they saw happen with Battlefield most recently and uh, Battlefront yeah. 2 before that. So I suspect that we are going to be, we, we will get the best version of whatever this Mass Effect game can be when it finally comes out. Uh, Ka, any guesses as to how far away, how, how much longer we're going to be waiting for this? Probably a couple of years, I would say, at this point. Like, again, I think that they are learning those lessons, right? I think they are taking in all of those audits of all the games that they have seen not do well in the past couple of years because they were rushed or because... And it's also hard to tell, right? Like, I think I think our version of what we believe to be rushed, they could also just be feeling like this was the allotted amount of time that we either had or we wanted to kind of, you know, keep up with the with the Joneses in terms of releases and making sure all that stuff is is in is in line. But I think with this, this is such a huge, huge IP for them that br bridges across so many different uh, uh, kinds of players that if you if you really are trying to make sure you nail this, you just got to give it some more time. So I would say, yeah, it, it's probably going to be a couple of years out. Uh, before we even really get a chance to like poke at it and see it in a real way and then hopefully have it in our hands towards the end of that second year cycle. So we'll see. I'm, I'm excited yeah. for it, but on, they need to on take a, time. On a just scale of one to five, one being not at all excited and five being super hyped, how hyped are you for this Mass Effect game given everything we know, that it is going back to Unreal Engine, that it's largely a new team, that EA has seemingly learned some painful lessons and then we, you know, we do have this teaser that we've seen already that we do seemingly have Shepard coming back. So where are you with this, Khalid? Weirdly, seeing the, the conversation around Unreal Engine 5, and I don't know how far down the road they are in terms of development. And I know there have been some teams that have been moving some of their development cycles from 4 over to 5. If they show me something in Unreal Engine 5, I'm at a 5 of excitement. If, they, if they're still kind of rolling through Unreal Engine 4 stuff, I'm like a 3 at this point. Like, wow. for me, right now, the, it, like... I know a lot of folks are going to be digging into the conversations about like what is the the stories that we're looking for in in, in this world in this universe. But I, at this point, we're a couple of cycles into current gen. My expectations for the ways that I want to see expansive worlds look uh, after being disappointed with things like uh, cyberpunk and all those conversations. I need these things to come through with big vistas, looking gorgeous, being beautiful for me to really get my hype level uh, up to, to where it needs to be. So once I see a thing in motion, then 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 I'll have a different layer of that conversation. But I'm at a three right now, so, so we'll see. Miranda, how about you? Um, as far as like timing and excitement, um, timing, I think this is probably at least four or five years away which is a long time, but think about how they've been developing Dragon Age. Like Dragon Age has yeah. been a long time. Obviously we had the pandemic in between everything and it's still ongoing. So that's causing its own issues. But I think 
I'm I'm not confident that EA has learned this lesson. I don't trust that they have. So I would also say my my reasoning also for saying that things were rushed was because like so I got to do the IGN first for Andromeda and I was really excited about it. And what was shown there is obviously what was shown in the game, but you can see how the structure of the game changed pretty significantly like as you went on. Like there are certain things that happened early in the game or later in the midway in the game that weren't reflected in other spaces. So that's where I kind of say that like maybe they ran out of time or there was like pressure to get things done where maybe early on they had a lot of time to develop this. This is what it looked like. This is what it was going to be. And then that was not reflected in other places later on just because of either vision changes or other things. And also just like the, just to quickly mention like the Bioware magic crunch culture thing that was like very publicized and talked about. So there was a lot of things that's changed. And I think that's a big reason too, why we see a, a very different Mass Effect team, right? Like folks will of course move around the industry, but for a long time, people have said that Bioware is not necessarily the best place to work. Like that there's mm. a lot of things that needed to be changed and worked on. And the, the best we can hope is that a lot of that has been addressed. And I think with that, if it has been, and hopefully it has been, that they are giving them that time, which is why I say about four to five years. Um, as far as excitement for this, I'm cautiously excited, but I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like hyped or anything. I'm just sort of like, oh, it's really cool that this is coming back. But I want to like be cautious and in excitement for any of this until we know that things have kind of like settled down and they are given the time that they need for this. But um, I do love Mass Effect, so I hope that this is a great game. So it sounds like you're maybe a three out of five on that hype meter as well. <laughs> if, you, if you have to put me in a number, yes. <laughs> All right. Stella, and Stella, how about you? I'm at like a two to three just because, you know, we don't really know a whole lot about this yet. And um, while I'm excited for the new engine, um, because I know there have been so many issues with Frostbite. There have been way too many. But um, I don't know. If, if they are bringing back Shepard, that puts on even more of an expectation that they have to meet. And it, they have to do right by this, especially after Andromeda, which a lot of people were not very happy with. So the fact that, you know, there is this big tease that it's going to be Shepard, it's like, mm, you're going to have to work extra hard to make sure that your previous fans are actually happy because you already had this big misstep. Like, you're going to have to make up for that. And everyone is going to have this expectation of what they want from a Shepard-focused uh, game. So that's I'm, like, cautious about it. I'm, I'm like, this is cool that it's coming back. That's awesome. Um, but it, it, it does feel like it's going to be a while before we hear anything about this game. So I definitely agree with you there. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to split the difference with, <laughs> with, uh, Khalif and Miranda. I, I think we're probably looking at a three to four year situation here. Okay. Um, cause we know Dragon Age is further along and we still, we still haven't really heard anything concrete about that. Mm. So that's, uh, certainly suggests it's a ways off, but I, I will say I'm, I'm, a little more hype than everybody else. I'm, I would say I'm at a four out of five on the hype meter because I, I really do think that both EA at the corporate level and Bioware at the studio level in terms of not just uh, studio culture and, and work-life balance and uh, making it a great place to work, but also I, I think Legendary Edition has kind of grounded them and the success of that, you know, and I know it's quote-unquote just a remaster, but I think them spending time uh, working on that again and bringing that back and uh, and seeing the reaction to it, both sales-wise and, and how, how critics and fans have responded, I think uh, they have learned their lessons. And I know game development's hard, but the fact that they're also going back to Unreal and leaving Frostbite behind because that just did not work, 
with Andromeda. I, I am optimistic that they're going to get this and I, it's going to take a while, uh, but I, I feel really good that we are going to get a great Mass Effect game again whenever this thing finally comes around. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Next up this week, despite being the best-selling game last year, Activision is still not thrilled with how Call of Duty Vanguard has performed sales-wise. And who have they identified as the culprit? World War II. It's all World War II's fault. <laughs> uh, the company recognizes that the franchise is still one of the most successful entertainment franchises, but their 2021 premium title didn't meet their expectations. In their annual report to investors, Activision Blizzard wrote, the game's World War II setting didn't resonate with some of our community. Well, uh, is that fair, Miranda, to blame the setting for the apathy and, and in this case, directly you know, lowered sales of, uh, of this game, despite the fact that it's still a very, a very good selling game, but down from where it's been. Yeah. Yes. A little bit, 
because that is exactly something we talked about earlier. Like, I remember me and Stella lamenting. I was like, World War II again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it wasn't yeah. that long ago. Um, I think it is a little bit of that fatigue, especially just because it didn't feel fresh enough. And I think the campaign was a little, eh, like, everything about it was just kind of like, eh. Um, and, and I think, again, like, the shooter space is really changing, right? Like, I think we still look for those... Um, first-person shooters with a great story but with the multiplayer space it's, it's even more competitive now it's just gotten more and more and more competitive and not only with other first-person shooters but other online games like there's so much th- so many options to sink your time into and if an offering like call of duty doesn't have anything that is like peak at launch then it's really hard to want to invest in it like with the thing with halo right like we, we really loved halo at launch like we were so happy we had an excellent first person shooter and halo is what like a lot of people stuck with rather than like call of duty or other things though granted it's very different so people who wanted that um quick um time to kill and other things probably stuck with that or they went to something else that maybe or just stuck with warzone or something else like it's it's really hard to compete with that and uh a quick note that like one of my friends like worked on the story but i was like ah I want to play, but also I really, I really don't. Sorry, sorry, friend. <laughs> so I mean, it's like it's like that hard thing to want to get people invested in it, and I think, um, especially kind of going back to the multiplayer part. Like, if you don't have a good launch, I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did the preview for that one, and I was, I was so bored. I've never been like, oh, wow. Yeah. Is no, this... you talked about you, the okay. multiplayer preview you're talking about? Yeah, yes. you, you had some. You came on the air here with some significant you know, fair criticisms of what you had played in that multiplayer build at the, t- at the time. The past few years have blended together in a very strange way. And I was like, was that this, <laughs> was that last year? Um, yeah, like when I, I've never just wanted to like tap out of a preview early. I was like, can I just stop? Can I leave? Can I, I want to go do anything else. And that's how I felt while playing Call of Duty, which is not what you want while playing Call of Duty, especially like I'm saying when the, the landscape is so competitive. So yeah, they got some work to do. <laughs> Uh, Ka, your your thoughts on Vanguard uh, and and Activision's pinning of it of of its uh, <laughs> diminished success on its setting? I'm I'm blaming the the PP5 and World War Two as well. I again, like I think <laughs> I, it, the, the fastest way for you to get me to not care about your game is to set it in World War Two at this point. That's honest. Like you can put it in that setting, and I will not play it because I'm just sick and tired of World War Two as a setting I, I know that there are hidden gems in terms of stories and and, and, and conversations that go along with it but for me and, and i'll preface this by saying i'm a huge battlefield fan right who is also living through you know this disappointment with the last game and i think the thing that i'm i'm you know uh worried about for call of duty is it feels like they have pigeonholed themselves through the lineage of the games and through the idea that the community has kind of you know embraced uh, and, you know, Activision thinking that, like, people care about guns that shoot really slowly, that it doesn't make sense to stay in this space. The thing that I love about what I'm seeing in other games right now, and especially Apex Legends, is that they decided to go left. They decided to figure out that we need to build an IP, we need to build lore, we need to build a space where you can be fantastical but also that broadens out the, the space for you to be able to think bigger about weapons and TTK and uh, abilities and all of those things. 
And I know that a lot of Call of Duty fans were upset when, uh, you know, Call of Duty went, you know, a little bit into the far future, right? Everybody was mad about rocket packs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I would say, stuff. yeah, with Modern Warfare, uh, was it Modern Warfare or Advanced Warfare uh, and that kind of stuff. And I would say that they missed a really big opportunity by not continuing to go down that path. When they saw that the fan base was really upset about that stuff, they got a little scared and they said, we don't want to go a little bit further and kind of push, especially when they were in that mix with Titanfall and Titanfall 2 within that space, when they were kind of going neck and neck and back and forth. Um, and, and again, World War II is not a space that I think anyone who, you know, was not from the greatest generation really cares about. And I don't think it's a thing that most folks, when they go and play those games, they're excited about the potential of what, that ecosystem does. It just feels old and antiquated. And I think people are doing it because they're used to doing it as opposed to because they want to. And by the way, just before we get any comments, I know you're speaking solely in a video game context when you say yes. that no one cares about World War II. Yes. You know? in a video, yeah, just yeah, to yeah. emphasize that before, yeah. for anybody listening, for anybody that posts this a, clip, I don't need a vet to come and take my knees out at the grocery store. All I right. love y'all. You, you know, thank you for your service. But again, like in space of the video game space, you know, thinking about who are the folks playing in, in that kind of layer of it. Like, I think I think most people are kind of sick of that. Of that setting. So, um, a quick question because I think what we see on console players versus PC players is really different. So, do you know about Hell at Loose? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's like a, a really popular World War II game, but that also does something incredibly different than what Call of Duty tries to do, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's where things like World War II and like maybe these older war stories really excel, which if you guys don't know this, it's a PC shooter, um, but it is the time to kill is like, oh, you got shot, you are dead. <laughs> like yep. it is immediate. Mm -hmm. And it's not about getting like a high kill score. Like you're not trying to get that KDR up really high. It's like about the strategy and working together with a team of people that you may or may not know. Um, and the strategy there is really interesting in how you're supposed to move these, like the units, which are actual people across like a playing field to like win a match. Um, and I think that's really intriguing. But like to your point, these this old and antiquated sort of gunplay that you're trying to mix with this fast paced gunplay, it's just, it's just very strange, right? Um, so to your point, sorry, I just wanted to say like, oh yeah, like there, there are popular spaces for World War II, but I don't think Call of Duty is it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stella, you're, Kyle was bringing up Apex. Obviously mm -hmm. you're a major Apex player. That game has continued to hold your interest and hold the interest and attention of many, many people. Uh, is is it safe to say that we're not going to see World War II again in the in Call of Duty's franchise for quite some time? Uh, I hope not. I really hope not. I mean, like, here's the thing. Even even with like movies, so we're talking about media, right? Like, even in movies, I'm just like, if I see something that's said in World War II, it has to be something that's so unique that it draws my attention because it's been done so much over and over again. And you know, there's all these different like alternate universe and history things, and I'm like, that's cool. But we've seen all the cool ones. We've seen all the different interesting takes. We need to just move on from it. This this is such a niche audience that people want more world war ii stuff i'm just like i i don't want to go back to those guns that were really rickety and stuff like give me something new give me more laser guns some, something like that and um i i do disagree with khalif when he said that uh with what was it um modern warfare something the, the, advanced, wait, warfare. advanced warfare advanced warfare yeah like i hated that game so much um, <laughs> It was not, it was nowhere near Titanfall's level. Even Titanfall 1, it was nowhere oh, yeah. near Titanfall's oh. level. So well, that's I agree with you on that, yeah. Yeah, people were like, when I played it, I was like, oh, cool, while running. And I was like, 
<laughs> oh my god this is god awful holy crap like the, the disdain i have for that game um like it just i i don't think that just because something has been that way for so long with like call of duty doing um you know alternate history stuff that doesn't mean it's always going to be good and you are going to be running out of ideas which we did see with vanguard and it's like yes well that past game for sci-fi was not great i mean they could have kept with it and learned from their mistakes actually taken uh, player feedback and built off of that i mean that's what titanfall 2 did right like they actually integrated a whole first like a uh, campaign and then um separate uh fps uh multiplayer right so they actually learned from that they kept going and we didn't see call of duty do that at all instead they kind of revisited old titles that they knew people liked and it's like that's great but for a company for a game title that is supposed to be the best fps like the most innovative and the most um what is it consistently best fps uh game company we're not we've not been seeing that quality and again i'm also just exhausted of call of duty like every year i'm just tired of it so for maybe there's like a little bit of that bias here like just just give us a year give us a year to breathe figure well, we out what know, you want to do <laughs> we do know that we are getting a little break that you know they've they'd already delayed treyarch's next yep right um, we've, we've got modern warfare 2 this fall mm -hmm. and a delay for treyarch's and then so that means if the the, the structure stays the same where it's three studios with one of them being sledgehammer uh, if it's three studios, each getting three years, or maybe you know, we're going to each get a little more now uh, with this break plan for Treyarch, but uh, what we know is Modern Warfare is back and has worked. Black Ops never went anywhere and is still successful. But Sledgehammer, but it's that third game, that third arm, where th things just haven't worked. Uh, you know, Advanced Warfare didn't end up sticking and uh sl not sledge sledgehammers uh one we're just talking about vanguard vanguard thank you yeah. i don't know why i completely <laughs> left my brain for a second I, that's how memorable it is i guess <laughs> yeah. well, that's, that's how i feel about it advanced right like ugh. yeah and, but we've <laughs> just seen that, that third that third arm just they cannot get that third leg of the of the stool to world to, war ii was cool most it of was, the zombies. It was good. I know, you, Miranda, you and I have talked about that game a lot. I mean, in the, in the yeah. campaign space, I like that game. I just thought they didn't, they could have taken it a lot further sort of emotionally. You know, when you get to, you get to the end, you walk through the concentration camp, which is supposed to be, and I, it just, that, I thought that moment could have been, they didn't, they didn't pay off the emotional, uh, that, that moment wasn't as emotional as it should have been, and the rest of it was just like, it was good. I would say, yeah. like, that the highlight of that was the spy part. I think that's what yes. I always think of when I think of that oh, campaign. Yeah. I think of only that level. Like, that was the thing, which is, it was good. I mean, it's not better than anything else that already does that, but it was good. And I think what I stick with when I think of World War II is also zombies, because it, it did lean more into the horror aspect rather than just like, whoa, kooky zombies, you know, which is fine as well. But the horror part was cool. And I also, also really quickly, I think that they're in a really weird space because of the, the context in which they're making these games, right? Where, mm -hmm. 
you know, World War Two is not a forgotten war, but it has had enough space between it and the settings that you can play around in spaces where people won't get in your behind about the actual like, well, this isn't really true to X story or, or those kinds of things where, you know, I, I would love to see if they're going to go in that third arm, which is really trying to kind of be that 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 nice bridge between the fantastical and the black ops and the kind of more realistic with the other games. Like there are a couple of other conflicts that you could dig into that would be interesting, like where you're you're right at the cusp of super old weapons and not really super modern stuff. So like you do a Vietnam game that's set there. You could do spaces that are that are a little bit closer to, you know, modern day where you're, you know, if you're worried about getting that backlash around like, well, you can't do that conflict. There's some stuff that's in the mix that you could play around with in, in that space. So I, I'd hope that they would try that instead and stop playing with old guns. Old guns are just <laughs> not fun to play with. Yeah, and that's, and that's where I was just gonna, I'm glad you went there, Ka, because it's, it, it does almost seem like their, their choices are to either go further back, which it seems mm -hmm. unlikely that we're going to get like a, you know, caveman a fight. Civil War guns. Duty primal, you know, it didn't work out God. super great. Old duty muskets try. coming to you. You have to craft you. your own like slingshots and stuff. That's yeah. your. <laughs> Honestly, I would just go play Rust. Like, just go throw oh, some Rust. Right. Like, oh, just like, right. 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 And Everyone's so, running around naked. You just... Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, so your only other choice is you either, you're either in the modern era or, or you move forward by five years, by ten years, or by a hundred years. Yeah. Which they've, they've tried to do before. I mean, the, the one thought, like, I mean, Modern Warfare 2 is, or Modern Warfare, this current, you know, incarnation of it is, is a fictionalized version. I mean, I, I don't know. Do they do they just try to go back to the farther future and and try to play in Titanfall sandbox a little bit in terms of setting and or you know I just I don't know where they go from here. I really don't I mean, go GI Joe Space Force now. Why not do something with that? <laughs> yeah, like like you have well, like the weird the weird thing that I think a lot of folks uh, get hung up on is the like so where do they go right? And I think that. We've seen, yes, advanced warfare was was doo doo. We understand that that's the case. Infinite right? warfare, that was the other I'm one so I infinite, was forgetting. Which that's and that the one, one was in space for a little bit. That's the that's the one that I that I keep thinking about. With, with Kevin Spacey, I think was in that one, right? Uh, that <laughs> was advanced warfare. You had it had that right. Infinite warfare oh, okay. was. Uh, I don't know if there was a big actor in that. Wasn't one, it? Wasn't it? Uh, John Stowe. Oh no. yeah, you're right. Kit, <laughs> yeah, Kit sure was, was in that one. Yeah, oh. Kit was in that one. But they, but that's my point is that there is a space that you can go much further into the future, and there are no rules. You can do whatever you want because those things don't exist. You can base them on certain layers of technology that we have now, and then you don't have to worry about being tied to all of this history that will get you pigeonholed into these spaces. And you can play around with TTK. You can play around with different weapon types. You can play around with different kinds of projectiles to be able to do that thing. But that that then makes the onus on the player base to really dig it, right? And if they don't nail that layer, then they, they, they get cold feet and say, well, it didn't sell well and it didn't do well. And I think I think those those games, the advanced warfare ones where they were in space, maybe was a little bit too ahead of its time. I think it landed probably too early for the fan base to really get behind it uh, because, again, Titanfall 2 was fantastic and lived in that space, right? But they built a whole lore 
that attached to it that gave the reasons why you would want to be in that space. So I think if you can do that, then you're in a much better position to be able to make something new without having to be tied down to all the old stuff. Well, so also here's the thing. Call of Duty now has Warzone, which does so like it, it does great numbers for them. They make yep. tons of sales and they, they constantly have so many players, right? So they have this base game now that they don't really need to be releasing a new multiplayer game every year because they do have this other game that they can be playing. I know it's a battle royale, but they can also add in other core modes to it that kind of coincide with whatever the, the setting of their Warzone is now. Uh, which I understand is like their new campaign, like they adjust it to match the latest campaign. But mm -hmm. for Vanguard, I think the Vanguard storyline, um, the the single player was really overshadowed by the fact that no one wanted to play the multiplayer because it just felt so bland. It didn't feel mm -hmm. as fun as it could be. And if they had just decided to keep Warzone, but also add in like the Vanguard multiplayer system to that, and then just do their own separate like single player, that would have been fine. So if they want to, because... We've seen Call of Duty do stories fine, right? Like they've done they've done them well. So if they decide to do that, that'd be kind of cool. But constantly getting players to change up for um, different weapons, like completely different weapon systems of every year, it's it's kind of difficult. Which I know Miranda, you were saying that it's 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 nice to have that change up. But I don't know. They 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 are definitely changing the way that they are doing FPS um, their Ooh. own way. And I think just because they've done fps games every year for so long they are running out of ideas and that window of like being able to change what they want to do with like the future of the franchise it, that window is closing in because they've just had they've just gone through like everything in a way like although i do appreciate having the variety with the multiplayer the core multiplayer modes and having new weapons new systems like it's a bit antiquated if you want to sustain something that lasts long term right like i think i always get tweets from people in the community who are like why can you guys ask this this studio as to why they're not fixing XYZ bugs because this is just a problem and it's like a year out from from when that Call of Duty game launched. It's like, I'm sorry, sweetie, but that's just kind of what happens to Call of Duty games. Like they have like their time in the sunlight and then and then the shadows creep in and then the ice <laughs> comes and freezes over and then everyone leaves to go play something else and like that's just that's like the life cycle of call of duty and i don't know how they lean into that responsibly and like stella i like your idea too of them having maybe some core multiplayer modes within warzone i think the problem is for, there's a lot of people like me who i basically only hit call of duty for the multiplayer like i i i started mostly playing campaigns for call of duty once i started ign like i had played some before but sometimes i just dropped them because i didn't care i want the multiplayer that's what i want it's one of those really rare games where you can one-man army it like you can just have a killer kda you save your entire team they'll let you down but you know what my kda is on point I'm, i've got those twitch reactions just like ready to go and that's just something rare you don't get in a lot of shooters, especially with shooters that are really polished. But the problem is we're not seeing that polish happen as much anymore with Call of Duty. So it makes that even less appealing. So it's all just like worked up in this weird bundle of Call of Duty has a lot of issues to solve for. And I think you can see that in like how spawns work. You can see that in map design. You can see that exactly as we've all been touching on. And like the ideas of what they bring forward. Um, and I think, like, when I look at something like Halo that launched that does have, like, sort of, like, these older ideas of just having, you know, core multiplayer mode, except it's now free to play. There's free updates, free battle pass, like, battle pass, which is awesome that they have it forever. But they're also still held back by other development issues, right? Like, we see these this 
half a year long season. You're like, what? That's not a season. That's two seasons. It's like literally two seasons. Um, but also that's just how they want to, they want to do it, but that's going to hold them back from like what the, what everyone in like the live gaming space for shooters expects. But then we get like killer maps that are really balanced for the most part. Like some of them have issues, right? Uh, but their spawns are great. Like I, I don't get frustrated like I did with Call of Duty immediately. It's like, well, I just spawn and a guy shot me across the map and I'm literally just stuck here. And then it's like that game of if you don't spawn camp, then you're already losing. So you have to do it or else the other team will do it to you. And like there's a lot of just like very call of duty specific issues that they just haven't solved for and i don't know if they will get to unless they do get that time and they do find a way to find their space like what what is the call of duty space here aside from just being the thing that everyone goes to when it's fall time it's like all right dad time to buy you the call of duty um for the year <laughs> you know <laughs> like, like that's that's kind of how i felt like with my dad for a long time with battlefield it's like all right dad here's your battlefield for the year um and that's how I was with Call of Duty. It's like, I got my Doritos, got my Mountain Dew, ready to sit in for like a few weeks and then never touch it again. But but that's been less and less appealing as it has more issues. And as, again, we've stated so many times that it just, where, where is it going? Like, what are you doing with this third arm that you have that's just sort of like flapping around? We're like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's what, what I would like to see, and this won't happen because the, the, the blessing... You know, it's the in a sense it's the old saying that Call of Duty is in some ways a victim of its own success. Where mm. how far outside the norm, like how how many risks are they willing to take because it's <laughs> it is so successful and their investors count on it so much every year. But if you actually go back to the beginning of Sledgehammer, their history is rooted in doing something different with Call of Duty. They just never got to do it. That studio, when it was set up, was making a third-person Call of Duty action-adventure game that they got pulled off of. They had to scrap it because that's when uh, the Jason West and Vincent Pella stuff with uh, everybody mm -hmm. left Infinity Ward and set up Respawn in the middle of Modern Warfare 3's development. Then they had to pull in Sledgehammer and Raven to finish that game, and then that that third-person Call of Duty action-adventure that they'd been doing was gone. It was over with. So, I mean, I'd love to see this. You know, if you've got Modern Warfare and Black Ops as the two staples, they work, people buy them, people like them, let Sledgehammer do something weird every three years, like, like a third-person action-adventure game. Like, how about a stealth game where you're basically Rambo in the woods? <laughs> You know, if, if it's still the Call of Duty, but you're just out hunting people, uh, hunting the bad guys in in in, uh, in a stealth game, like that's what I would love to see. It's probably never going to happen because, again, it strays too far outside the norm of what you know players expect. You know, you can't. I don't know if you can train players to uh, look for the weird Call of Duty game every third year. So uh, I don't know. I really don't know what Activision. And soon Microsoft, as they inherit this problem, I don't know what they're going to do from here. But it's uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch because the, they got to do something. They have to change something about what's going on with the uh, the Call of Duty game game cycle every three years. Uh, next this week, Gotham Knights, the Arkham spinoff of sorts. Uh, the next game, of course, from in that universe, it's from WB Montreal, while Rocksteady is 
hard at work on Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Gotham Knights is coming out this year, October 25th. We'd previously gotten that release date. That's one of the few fall games, by the way, that even has a date so far. I know we're only in May, but usually by now we have a better sense of what the fall is going to look like. But for now, October 25th. Uh, and get this, Gotham Knights will no longer, they're dropping old gen. They're just going Series X, Series S, and PS5. No specific reason was given other than to say that it would, quote, provide players with the best possible gameplay experience. Well, duh. Uh, <laughs> but... That's that's the situation that I'm pretty surprised by this, given that you know this game has the potential to sell many millions of copies. Khalif, uh, are you surprised that they're they're dropping PS4 and, and Xbox One this far into development as well? No, I mean you can insert Donald Glover GIF that just says <laughs> "good, good, <laughs> just do it." It's about time. I want more developers to stop to stop kind of moving for old gen. I want everything to kind of just be made for current gen at this point. I know that there are still shortages. I know that there's still a chip shortage, and a lot of folks still haven't moved to current gen. But I also think it is it is starting to to hamper some of the the, the things that we're seeing in terms of. Um, well, we are hoping to be able to see for for next gen games or, or I should say current gen games in that way. So, you know, I, I, I applaud them for being loud and proud about it and saying, like, look, if, if it does happen, it'll happen later. But right now we're focusing on current gen and, and moving that space because it looks pretty awesome. It looks good. And if this is what they're doing to be able to get to that level of of gameplay infidelity, then 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 we're in a good spot. It almost sounded like you said gameplay infidelity, which is like, wow, that's, what's that? What, oh, what you I'm, know, you know, I'm, I'm making up new, I'm making up new buzzwords as we speak, you know. Uh, Miranda, are you are you surprised here, and or, and does this does this raise your your hype level at all for Gotham Knights now that you'll it'll just be made for Series X? I'm a little surprised that they're that they did it so close to it being the launch year rather than saying that earlier on, but. I'm also a little bummed for the folks who are still playing with PS4 and Xbox One because I there are a lot of people who still play on those systems. Just you know, new systems are expensive, <laughs> so like oh, that's that's a bit of a bummer. But I, I guess it's good that they won't be getting an inferior product. They'll just be getting no products. <laughs> I don't know. I don't no. think it's necessarily something to be excited about. I mean, I guess if it makes their development resources <laughs> easier or something, then that's good for their team. But it's more of a bummer than anything. Yeah, like it, it sucks for people who are still stuck on past gen consoles, but I would rather the developer be honest about it and communicate that whenever they could, which was now, yeah. um, rather than give people these expectations that, you know, their game would not work well on previous gens. Looking at Cyberpunk, again, I constantly hate to use this as an example, but the previous gen versions were literally unplayable for a lot of people. So the fact that they realize, hey, we do want to make this game the best that we can at launch for people who can play it on the next gen console, we're going to focus on that. And even if they didn't give like the full reasoning, they still gave people the expectation, hey, this is going to be next or current gen only. And I, th I think it's good that they are giving people that expectation and that they are being honest and communicating that. Mm -hmm. So I think you're, I mean, there's no apology needed for bringing up Cyberpunk again, because <laughs> I think it's fair to ask, because again, you know, you look at the timing of this, as we're saying, you know, that we're less than six months or five months from the launch of this game, and they're just now making this announcement. You have to wonder uh, if, if Cyberpunk, if that had never happened, uh, that would they have just shipped whatever mm -hmm. the current gen version that they had 
uh, going on? And and would they have ended up, you know, really disappointing a lot of fans of who are playing on PS4 and Xbox One? So I, I think, you know, we'll never really know unless like a build leaks at some point or, you know, gameplay footage of, of the old gen version leaks. But I, I think it's totally fair to attribute this cancellation to that painful lesson that cyber that uh that cd project red learned through cyberpunk it it is there's no way that other developers and publishers weren't paying attention to that because you're, you're right i mean they had to have i don't know but they had to have taken a look and said okay we've got five months to go which really means three and a half or so because mm-hmm. in the last yeah. month month and a half you're in certification you're doing your submission builds you're getting through qa so you know they're in the home stretch of development and they must have just taken a look at the Xbox One version of the game and PS4 version and said, Ugh, you know, whether it's frame rate, whether it's, you know, image quality, whatever factors were involved, that they must have just said, this is not, like, this is not going to work and this is going to burn us if we put this out. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I think that's almost certainly what happened. I mean, you you want your game that people are so excited about to meet their expectations and you want it to look good, you want it to feel good, you want people to have fun playing it. And I feel like this is the best way that they went about it. They're just like, well, we're gonna put everything that we can into this build. And you know, it, it sucks that people who are on the PS4 and Xbox One can't play it, but I think this is good going forward and you still establish that really trusted, um, what is it, connection with your with your audience. And there's also, you know, who's to say maybe down the road, whether it's at launch, maybe it's after, that Microsoft partners up with WB and does the thing that they did with Flight Simulator, where they said, okay, well, you, you can stream this mm. through the cloud to mm. your Xbox One if you've still got an Xbox One through Game Pass. It would, I guess it would require the game to be on Game Pass uh, based on how everything's set up now, but you know, they're, they're, it's not impossible that, that Xbox One players could still get a crack at this game at some point in the future, but... Uh, definitely a surprising announcement and and good to see. I have to say, I have not had a chance to take a look at the footage yet. I literally have the tab open. I didn't get to, to watch the new 13-minute gameplay video before before we uh, started recording today. But I, I'm weirdly, like, just unmoved by this game. And I'm hoping that this 13-minute gameplay video is going to finally uh, get me hyped up. But, but it, it's this is definitely going to be one of the bigger games of the fall. There's, there's no doubt about that. Do you have Gotham fatigue, Ryan? Do you, no, do you, I just, do you have Batman I just fatigue? don't really care about these characters and what they've shown yeah. so far. It just feels like a, it feels like a Borderlands, like a just like a, you know, not that not, not, not that it's a looter shooter, but that you're just punching guys ad nauseum and making numbers come out of their their heads uh, until you just level up and level up. Like it just mm. it, it, it gave off a very grindy vibe to me. And I'm hoping that's not what the game is ultimately going to be. So again, I still need to watch this new gameplay video from today, but that's that's kind of where I had been with it as as for a first impression. Are you uh, are you a little more hyped than me on this one? I'm excited for it. I, I think I think you you are right though. I, I think a lot of the energy I saw in my timeline was a mix of people being excited because they're getting a chance to finally see it in action, and then also people seeing you know some some of the the, the info screens with a lot of resources that you had to accumulate, and people being like, "No, I don't want that. That's <laughs> not a thing I want." Uh, so I so yeah, I think I think people are kind of landing where you're at so far uh, in that in that conversation for sure. 
I'm just yeah. excited for Nightwing butt. Right? <laughs> Nightwing booty is always good booty. I'm just saying. Uh. <laughs> and you know, hey, if there's if there's plenty of stealth elements like we're seeing uh, with this gameplay footage right now, that that I'll to I'll show up for. I will show up for the sort of detective stealthy elements of this. Uh, but I'm I'm just not. I am. I'm old now, Ka. You know, you, you and I are not far apart. I, I just don't. I don't have time to grind. I'm not interested in that. Uh, it's. I know a lot of people love the sort of the the payoff that you get from the grind mm -hmm. of certain games. I. It is not a thing I take a lot of pleasure in most of the time. So we'll see how Gotham Knights nets out in the end. Yeah. Uh. All right. Just something goofy fun because we've still got plenty of time here. Halo Infinite Season 2, yes, new maps, yes, new modes, yes, a new battle pass. But there's something really great in uh, Season 2, and it is Clippy, the old, the, the cursed Microsoft Word helper bot thing uh, that's be literally become a joke at Microsoft, but it is now <laughs> turned into kind of a good, funny joke that we all like. You can Clippy is in Halo Infinite now. You can get uh, the the famous Microsoft Word assistant, uh, at, which by the way, PC Gamer spotted this, so tip of the cap to them, and they posted screenshots of it. And you can get Clippy as a legendary charm that hangs off your gun. Uh, Miranda, are you gonna you gonna rock Clippy as a legendary item here at some point in your in your Halo Infinite multiplayer future? Yeah, absolutely. Clippy will go with me everywhere. It'll be a great adventure for Clippy. Get in on the action, different kind of action, not just some word docs. Yay. <laughs> I mean, Stella, this is a this is like an awesome use of Clippy, is it not? I it's really cute. I saw our photoshopped image of Clippy as the head, and I was like, oh my god, if they make that, I <laughs> I would I would buy that. The way that I would buy that so fast. But then like in, in team chat, I would just like Hey there, it looks like you're looking for some ammo. You know, <laughs> do the voice, like just annoy people in, in, in voice chat, right? I would love to do that. But I will buy the charm if it tells me different things. Like if it has a little, yeah. like, if it just goes, hey, this is a blank weapon. This fires blank shots. And, you know, just, just something well, really That is the fun. next step, right? Is that, <laughs> and which is not part of this, but they need to make him one of your your AI voices mm -hmm. or, you know, that you can select in the game oh, to have them, have cool. him, you know, call out your, <laughs> yeah. your successes and your failures in the game. Oh, like we need god. Clippy as a, as an AI. That'd be so funny. Oh my God. I, I want that to also translate back into the campaign so that they swap out Cortana <laughs> just for Clippy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Like yeah, they yeah. Got, there has to be a toggle somewhere. You just swap yeah. and swap her out for, for Clippy, Clippy. You murdered millions of people and hit with the Guardians <laughs> in Halo Five. What have you done, Clippy? I we well, should have trained a little harder. You know, we have a training range for that, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. They couldn't find what they were looking for, so I just obliterated them, and that way they won't be looking anymore. I, well, I want Clippy to reference button, button for them. <laughs> Oh, I could be to reference everything in the universe. They're like, did you know that they're doing you dirty on Paramount Plus? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? <laughs> all the all the all the convergences. Oh my god! Together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, Khan, now you you have unofficially volunteered. You have to mod the PC version of Halo Infinite to replace uh, the weapon and Cortana with oh Lippy. 
The, the, you I, need to. You need to. And I I will replay the campaign if you do it. In fact, hey, I'll, look. you know, <laughs> I'll do the VO for Clippy if you want. I will. I will volunteer to help with this project. Hey, if we if we can expand the the Halo universe in this way, I am all for it. I think it is it is deserved, and I think it needs to happen <laughs> in a deserved? real way. Deserved? I think deserved. science has gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So just shooting out clippies. Is Please, so no! Do not oh, give Clippy the needler. Do not. Yeah, just shooting out <laughs> Clippies. Oh, yeah. He'll so just good. be like, "This is like the stapler we had." <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, oh. oh yeah. This but is, I, but, uh, I, but making... I appreciate Xbox like digging in, right? Like I, they, they're having fun with it's it, cute. which is which is great. Yeah. Yeah, that's couldn't have said it better. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next here, we've got we've got a, a little time left. Uh, I want to mention Resident Evil reverse reverse oh yeah <laughs> remember that because i like honestly completely <laughs> forgot that this ever existed uh may still be on track to come out this year despite the fact that capcom has gone totally silent on it so uh gematsu discovered this on twitter they found a listing a rating in fact for a google stadia version of is i don't know is it reverse or is it reverse I don't know. Like, uh, I'm, going I'm gonna reverse. go re. Yeah, let's go reverse. Because that's a real word. I mean, it may very well be reverse, but I think it's reverse, like yeah. universe, but yeah, it's uh, an evil verse. Reverse. Uh, so there was Yamatsu found a, a Google Stadia version listed by the European Ratings Board, which is Peggy. So uh, the PS4, Xbox One, PC versions were rated already. Uh, last year, but that's also because last year was the release date of the game, and this was supposed to come as part of Resident Evil Village as the multiplayer mode within that game. So as this game, uh, as this mode potentially unearths itself from its own grave, uh, as as <laughs> I, I guess, I don't know if it's going to be a, st I mean, it's got a standalone rating, so I don't know if it's going to be a standalone thing or or a just DLC free or otherwise for Village, but uh, Ka is is a Resident Evil multiplayer game something that is of interest to you in all in all seriousness? I mean, this is something that the series hasn't really tried before. Do you think it could work? Do you care? They need to reverse engineer their online stuff. That's what they need to reverse if they're going to reverse anything because it's not working well. I don't think I've ever played a, a and I'm trying to think and, and not be. A jerk about it but i'm trying to think was there ever a silent i'm not silent hill oh my god a resident evil game that had good multiplayer and i can't think of one to be honest i really can't think of one that worked well out the gate even after what, multiple patches and yeah, working in the, that way what was the thing stella you might remember since you're a multiplayer expert mm. of all things uh -huh. what was the one that was like a 4v1 thing with um was it mr x the guy that like stalks the hallways and where one player, or, or no, oh, maybe that. Oh, right. But that was like, most recent. Yeah, there was yeah, that yeah. was pretty recent. Yeah, when it was like asynchronous kind of gameplay stuff, where one person was in the in the control, control room, room controlling yeah. the the zombies and stuff. Oh my and god, that yeah, was I remember awful. that. Wait, yeah, that thing was bad. It was really Resident bad. It was not good. Remake at the multiplayer. Thing? Was it in three? I, I forgot it, it what was, it was it called. Was, I remember that. Yeah, I, the I one remember before. Playing, yeah, I okay. remember playing it and being like, "This is not good." Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I just don't think that they have the the. I, I want Resident Evil to have their moment in the sun where they can get a really good multiplayer game in it and it just every time they do it it, it it doesn't turn out well for them and it's connectivity issues and i think to a certain extent like the thing that they've done the best that is outside of the normal scope um in terms of resident evil games has always been the kind of score attack modes that they've had right where you're you're kind of doing those you know pick a character try to get the highest score run through zombies the tofu yeah and tofu right like that that stuff that is the way they've landed in a really good spot and all these other layers of it they've just not done well with it in a, in a real way so I, I don't i'm not excited about it i think they need to not do it and scrap it yeah i mean miranda this is a this is a game where it's promises it's you're you got resident evil heroes facing off against resident evil villains can a can a like 4v4 multiplayer game be successfully adapted out of a slow-paced survival horror game can it? Yeah. Should it? I don't know. Like, I, I'm also not the audience for this. I really like watching people play Resident Evil, but I, I don't play it myself. So I'm kind of like, I wouldn't have played this anyway, but uh, it's very late. It's very late. I think it made sense to like launch alongside Village when there's a lot of excitement right. for it. So giving yeah. it that space maybe is a little a little weird. But I think it is what it is. Yeah, I think I was actually supposed to review this. <laughs> <laughs> we had Dodge stuff bullet, planned yeah. for this. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I think they had a beta or something. Ahead yeah, of there launch. was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah but I we covered it. But yeah, I think something else. I was covering something else at the time, and I was gonna be like, okay, well, I guess I'll just play this at launch, and then it never came out. So you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't throw shade at because just because it's a slow-paced survival horror game. Because after all. Uh, I probably would have said the same thing about uh, Splinter Cell getting a multiplayer mode. Mm. Spies versus Mercenaries is absolutely is like objectively incredible and a yeah. perfect use of <laughs> stealth in multiplayer. So it can be done, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I guess this thing may be coming back around. Still no official word from Capcom, but uh, a, a, a rating probably didn't happen for no reason yep. on the uh, European ratings board. All right, let's move to Unlock Block Trivia. Alif, you may remember this as our, our uh, year-long game that we, we play with our panelists. Xbox Trivia as submitted by the audience, and they try to stump the panel. Now, let's see here. Let me get the scoring up. Hopefully, we can get Ka on the board at least, get him represented. Uh, though I do, you're going to be back in 2022. I'm not going to let another like nine months go before you're back on the show again. <laughs> We've got Miranda in the lead at five points, Stella right there at four, the vacationing Destin Legary at two. So Miranda and Stella, this is really your chance to just uh just mm, put, put your you know, just put Destin in the rearview mirror here while he's gone. <laughs> so uh with that, we have our question. It's from Jamie in Tennessee. His gamer tag is uh could be she actually, Jamie from Tennessee, their gamer tag, keeping the blade, all one word. Asks, mm -hmm. which of these games came to the PS2 or GameCube, but weirdly neglected the original Xbox? So it was it was like the opposite of a console exclusive. It was <laughs> it didn't come out on just one console okay. uh, on one of the three consoles of the era. So we have Def Jam Vendetta, Scarface, The World is Yours. So we're back in the original Xbox era here. 
Mm. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom 2 and Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monk. So three of those did come to everything, including Xbox. One of them did not come to Xbox, but did show up on GameCube and PS2. Kali, if I'm going to go to you first here, since you're our guest. I think it was the, you said Scarface game? That was choice B, yes. Yeah, I think it was B. I think B didn't go. Or did, yeah, I think it was B. All right. Yeah. Uh, Stella, let me go to you next. Dang it. That's the only thing that's like standing out to me that I haven't really heard of. So I'm just like, maybe that just... But what if it's something else? What if it's like a trick question? What if it's something that I haven't heard of? But like, you know, they dropped the ball on, on getting getting that exclusivity like all everywhere else. Ooh, I hate this, but I always when I second guess myself, it always comes back to bite me. So I'm just I'm gonna say B too. Okay, rolling with Kyle on this one. Kyle, don't, see, don't we'll see don't if that me. pays don't off for me. you. I think I think I know. I think I think we're don't I think we're both me. wrong now. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think we're both wrong. Dang it! I think we're both wrong. <laughs> Miranda. I was going to also guess B, but I think for the sake of being different, I'm going to guess D, Mortal Kombat, Shaolin Monks. All right. God. Uh, so, all right. So you're all locked in. Now, Khalif, what, what would you, are you, what would you have changed your, your answer to if you'd gotten a chance? So I'm not going to, we're going to see if you're right or wrong, but you, 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 you vocally expressed. Uh, <laughs> regret? Regret, yes. I think it might have been D. Okay, so you uh, monks. Because oh, I don't think Shaolin Monks showed up in on the GameCube. I don't I, I think this D. has been an interesting one. Uh and I I think I would have got this one because this would have been from my official Xbox magazine era. Yeah. Now uh I can tell you all that I reviewed Scarface The World Is Yours on the original Xbox for official <laughs> Xbox magazine. Yeah. Yeah. And I gave it a 4.5. Fun fact, the producer on that game still hates me. To oh, this no. day, like legit, like I, I saw him. Wow. I mean, I haven't seen him in many years, but that dude was not a fan of Ryan McCaffrey after that review for a like weirdly long period of time that may still be the case. I don't know. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want I don't want <laughs> anybody to bother him. But yeah, that that was a, that was an interesting one. That that game was uh, a good idea that was way too long. It just did not work. Mm. Scarface was not great. Uh, but the and then you would have gone, Kai. You would have gone with Miranda to Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks. Still would have been incorrect. Dang, Dang it! Correct answer was Def Jam Vendetta, which is weird oh. because the previous Def Jam game <laughs> did come to Xbox. Okay. Oh, that's okay. right. That was, my, that was, my, Vendetta. That was gonna be my choice if I didn't want to go with B. Yeah, oh, what time did I guess myself? GameCube, <laughs> PS2, no original Xbox version of Def Jam Vendetta. How, for whatever strange reason, it never did hit the hit any Xbox platform. Uh, I don't know the Def Jam game, so I was like, I don't know what that is. But it'd be uh, weird if a Mortal Kombat didn't come to Xbox. So, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Very true. Oh, oh my so, goodness. Jamie I mean, from Tennessee, congratulations. You stumped everybody on this. That was one. a really well good done. question. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, if you want to make a friend on an Xbox Live, Jamie's gamer tag again is keeping the blade, all one word. And if anybody else out there has a good Xbox trivia question, something that's not like 
crazy obscure, something that the panel's going to have a reasonable shot at, but that's not super <laughs> obvious, send it my way. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question, include four multiple choice answers, note the correct one in your email, and don't forget your name. And if you want, your gamer tag as well. I'll, have, I'll read that if I choose your question. With that, it is about time to wrap up. Khalif, thank you so much again for uh, returning to Unlocked, hanging out with us. It's been a blast. Uh, be sure to give yourself a plug here one more time. Your All your channels, everything you're up to, now that everybody's reminded of how uh, much we love you, they can go follow you and, and check out your stuff. As always, again, thank you so much for having me. IGN has been killing it. You've been all just rocking it, putting out some fantastic content. So again, thank you for, for having me. A couple of quick plugs. Again, you can check out the Spawn on Me podcast everywhere on all podcast platforms and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Spawn on Me. You can check out our live show every Wednesday evening, 6 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. Uh, you can also check me out. I'm on NBCLX and Peacock TV. I'm hosting a show uh, around the Fan Control Football League called The People's Pregame. We talk a lot about the Fan Control Football League, football in general, and, and things there. And also uh, doing a lot of good work uh, with our Spawnies uh, award show that's going to be coming up in 2023 in January of next year, our, our, our Game of the Year show where we're focusing on celebrating and spotlighting devs of color. Uh, in that space. So lots of fun things happening in there. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm working as hard as I can, uh, pushing pushing out good content. I hope that you all dig it and enjoy it and come by and say what's up. Oh, that's awesome. And, and yeah, that, that awards, that's, it's it's a lot of work, isn't it? You're, there's You got to be working on it in May to pull it off in January, right? Hey, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Show up one of those Spawnies controllers. Just gonna, you yeah. know, <clears throat> shout out my boy. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. Yeah, it, it, took, it took about eight months to get the, well, nine months to get the first show up. Now we're, now it's going to be a little bit, a little bit faster because we've gotten some of those things kind of ironed out. But yeah, it's going to be super cool. Uh, we're trying to make it bigger and better, and you know, all of you are invited to come through and come hang out once once we go live. Time. Hey. You got it. Yeah. You just say the word. Absolutely. Stella, how about you? What are you up to? Uh, nothing as cool, but oh, I, I do have one thing that's coming up that I can't talk about, but when I do, it, you, you will definitely be like, oh my god, that's so cool. So um, you, get, you can follow my Twitter for updates, I guess, which is just Parallax Stella, and I stream every day after work. So yeah, um, what am I doing? Oh, right. The new Apex season just dropped. So I will be putting out a news video on that suit today. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. Miranda? Uh, nothing too huge to promote. Just don't forget to check out IGN Guys. We work really hard. We hope you find what you need there. Uh, and you can follow me at HaveTheGurus, and that's Havoc with the K, on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much everywhere else. Excellent. As for me, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, there's always got some irons in the fire going on at IGN. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I can or can't talk about, so I'll just right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, we'll just check it out. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, you guys Thanks. know what to do. Uh, I want to thank Tayo, our producer this week, who always does a great job. He's just uh, just jumped right in, cold. He hasn't produced Unlocked in a while. Just popped right in, did a great job uh, having all that footage and everything running smoothly for us this week. And so for Miranda Stella and Khalif Adams. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 543. We'll see you back again next week.
Some of the best content for kids is both entertaining and educational. And with Five for Five Trivia, not only do kids get to learn from each week's brand new theme, they also get to challenge themselves by playing trivia. A Parents' Choice Foundation Silver Award winner, this fast-paced trivia podcast is perfect for kids ages 6 to 12. It's released five times a week, so it's a quick addition to your daily routine and a fun challenge to get five out of five right on trivia topics like animal sounds, time travel, fictional ghosts, and underwater exploration. So get your high fives warmed up and check out Five for Five Trivia, available wherever you listen to podcasts. 